What's good, what's good, what's good? You are now tuned in to another episode of Best of Both Worlds. I have a very special guest with me again. Like I said before, I have a series that I am doing that is very, very, very important to me. I hold that close to my heart. Um, Sleepers that I want to give. I don't have any sleepers, really. Haven't really been tuning in to too much. Actually, no, yes, I do. Um, New album just dropped. It's more of a gospel Christian album. I'm not sure if... All of my listeners are into that, but if you listen to if you want to listen to something that's good in terms of production and sound, um, the Catch album by Peter Cottontail is crazy. Um, so y'all go ahead and tune into that. Shout out! I want to shout out my basketball team from Athena, both 2017-18 season and 2018-19. No, 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 2018-19 season and 2019-2020 season. Shout out to um. All those players that was on the team, all the coaches and staff, all the parents involved, etc., etc. Um, to introduce my guest, very, very, very special guest, man. This guy is some a mentor to some of my mentors, and ironically, his son is one of my mentors. So just the the indirect, direct role this man has played in my life has been truly tremendous. Um, and I definitely thought it'd be a very, very important episode to have with this individual. Um, I have with me today, Mark Morrison. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. And let him know Hello, a little everyone. bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. Thanks for the uh, great introduction. You enlightened me to some things that I didn't even know, man. I'm proud to hear that. You know, my son made that connection. And that um, you guys are uh, using each other as, as tools to sharpen each other's swords. So... That's a good thing. Um, like I said, my name is Mark Morrison. Uh, I teach with the Rochester City School District. Been doing that for the past 20 some odd years. Um, I love what I do. Uh, given this present circumstances, I haven't had a chance to do what I do hands on as usual, but we're still plugging along doing what we do for the kids in the district. That's what's up. So, um, we're going to jump into your background. Um, I just found out the other day that you're not even from Rochester, you're from Buffalo. And I like I, I that was like crazy to me. Like um I thought this whole time like you always was Rochesterian. So like what was that experience like growing up in Buffalo? And like what was that environment for you? Um I don't wanna sound cliche. Like, you know, I grew up in the projects and pretty much inner cities across the, the nation are similar in so many different ways. And, um, you know, we, we ha- we deal with some of the same issues, some of the same struggles, um, <clears throat> being a young man of color in the inner city, I'm sure that, you know, the dynamics across the nation are very similar, mm-hmm. very similar. So, you know, like I said, I grew up in the inner city of Buffalo, New York, attended public schools, um, throughout my entire educational process from uh, elementary to high school. Uh, it was a, uh, it was an interesting experience. It was a, an experience that, that I had a chance to survive. And when I reflect on it, it, it shows me some of the um, things that you have to, some things you have to build on, you know, you can learn a lot from those inner cities and, the uh, situations that you may uh, experience in those cities. So they can either make you or break you, pretty much. 
in terms of making or breaking how what how 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 significant um were some of the life lessons you learned and how how significant were those things in your life now oh man listen i mean i'm blessed to be here Mm -hmm. to be honest i am i am blessed to be here my journey was uh it was one that took a few different paths until i got you know to where i am today um I am a first generation college graduate. Um, I uh, am the youngest in my family of four siblings. Um, and, uh, you know, growing up, I, I I knew where I was and I knew my situation and, you know, I, I navigated it pretty well, but I always knew that um, that wasn't me. You know, this is not all encompasses who I am. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I was more than just this dude from the projects that, you know, was nice at football, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, I, that just wasn't me. And, um, so even though I was, you know, in, engulfed in some of the street activity, um, I knew that that wasn't the path that was going to lead the rest of my life so I've always thought of a way to get out and me having a dream of you know playing football in the NFL even though it was as far-fetched it may have been it was what drove me to to move forward with my education and look forward to going to college to um put me in situations that allow my mind to grow and think differently so you know having that dream of doing that is what really pretty much saved my life and um you know I I can look back at one pivotal point where I I really wanted to go to college in Ohio I wanted to go to Central State University you know a few of my friends were already going there and um you know I was excited about going there I got I got accepted but the only caveat to that was I had it I had to start in January so that so that would have meant whatever I was doing, I was going to have to do until January instead of being able to pack up and bounce right after the summer in August. Right. I would have had August, October, November, December to continue doing what I was doing. And what I was doing, if I would have had to do that until January, I wouldn't have went to college. I wouldn't have made it to college because I would have been too, you know, too deep into what I was doing. Right. And I think that um, me being able to pretty much have another option, which was like a, a, a blessing, really. You know, I remember being on the block and me and my boy was talking about school. And um, he was telling me he was going to school. He got accepted to Plattsburgh and blah, blah, blah. And was talking about um, SUNY schools and all of that. And I had no idea about SUNY schools because, you know, counselors in my high school, man, they wasn't really giving us the information that we needed. They just, you know, you graduated, yeah, okay, boom. All right, see you. <laughs> it wasn't no, you know, what's your plan? You know, this is what you need to do to, for college, fill out these forms. 
you know, you need to have this, that, and the other. These are programs available to you. I had none of those conversations in, in, in high school, and that, that was crazy. That was really crazy. Um, but um, I was on the block, and I'm talking to one of my friends. Shout out to Omar. Um, I don't want to say his last name like that, but, you know, shout out to my man, O. Uh, he put me on to a, the SUNY schools and the EOP program and stuff like that, and I was like, really? And he, you know, mentioned Brockport. And I had a few few um, partners that I knew growing up that went to Brockport. And I was like, all right, look, you know, let me let me look into it. So from that conversation, I looked into Brockport, looked into EOP, applied, everything was in order, got accepted. And I was able to to start in August. Mm -hmm. And it took me out the street in August. Mm -hmm. And that right there was a pivotal change in my life. That's when everything, the paradigm started to shift for me, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Not so much as I just totally changed, but it gave me like a, a, a reprieve from the things that I was doing. It gave me some solace in my life where I could, just like right now with this pandemic, we're sitting at home reflecting, you know, build, getting better with our crafts, realizing what we can and what we, you know, want to do. Um, just getting better, being able to reflect on things that we should have done and how we're going to move forward after this. That gave me a, a chance to slow down when I went to Brockport for that summer and um, was able to just not worry about all of the externalities that was out there in the streets, but just to, you know, internalize and reflect on, all right, where am I going from here? And that was a new experience for me. You know, um, I had nobody to tell me, well, when you get to college, matter of fact, I had an aunt who always used to be so proud of me uh, going to Brockport because my cousins, they went, they went. But my older cousins, they went to Brockport, and I didn't have any idea until um, I got accepted there, and I told them, and they, they were so proud. And she was like, you know, you got to stay in there and go to school, do this, that, and the other. But it wasn't really no insight on, you know, um, how I was going to survive that that environment and the um, demands of the the environment and the academics and, you know, things like that. Right. So I had to figure that out. Oh wait, 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 wait! I'm gonna cut you off, but I, I wanted we're gonna have that conversation. We're gonna touch touch on that topic heavy. Um, I had a few questions that formulated why you was breaking down that 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 adjustment. First question is, was there somebody or something that helped you to realize that there was a better life outside of what you was involved in? Um, so this is this is. This is this is interesting because my father is from New York City. Mm. His father was one of the first black ministers in in New York City. He had his own church, very prominent. Um, and every you know every year it seemed like we would take a trip to New York City and go live well not live but well stay with my grandfather mm-hmm. and um it was like totally different totally different and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you why it was so different through my older brother's experience mm-hmm. 
So it was totally different, man. Like life was, I mean, they, you know, he had a, a nice house, nice car. You know, we used to eat at nice restaurants. Used to, I mean, the whole neighborhood was nice. It was, it was like dope to, to just say it simply. And um, me being a young man, like, yo, see, this is this is how I want to live. This is, you know, um, we were thinking about moving to uh, Port Jefferson, Long Island, which is a, a prominent area. And, um, you know, it was a little high school. I remember being in middle school and I played football. They took me to the middle school and the middle school had a football with a whole gym with weight room and workout facilities. I mean, this middle school looked at like, a college to me at the time it was like huge and um i was excited my grandfather had given us a house down there and my mother didn't want to go my mother's like we were living in the projects in buffalo we had we had the american dream in in long island we would have had a the house with the picket fence I mean, it it was just like we could have shifted. Like if I would have moved here, my whole life would have been different. But not to say that, you know, I regret that because I don't know what would have came out of that. But I do know this. um, Those trips showed me a different way of living. Those trips inspired me to want to have a better life. And I knew that there was, you know, more out there. And I always had this innate feeling inside me that it was just more out there. You know, this this just not me. I mean, I'm, I just got this feeling that I'm supposed to be something better. You know, I, I'm destined to be something more than just this. Mm-hmm. You know, me dying in these streets would be, you know, like in vain. So, but uh, my brother, my older brother, you know, He's uh, three years older than me. So his senior year, which was my freshman year, my grandfather got sick. So my father moved down there to take care of him. And he took my older brother because my older brother used to be heavy in the streets and getting in a lot of trouble, always getting suspended from school, always fighting, always just, just wow. He was wild. I mean, like, wow. And it's, and I call him the Fresh Prince because that that's that's pretty much how his story was. You know, he got one little fight, but it wasn't one little fight. It was like a plethora of fights, like daily, <laughs> and just all always into something, man. Always in trouble. So my father, when he left to go take care of his father, he took my older brother too. And my older brother went down there with him, and he went to school down there. So he went to high school down there. And, and um, man, this high school was like Will Smith, like in the Fresh Prince. Like he he, when he graduated high school, he came back. He had a Volvo. Hmm. No, he had an Audi. He had a, a Audi. He had an Audi five thousand as a graduating senior, plus leather seats, dope. He had, like, back then, the, the thing was, you know, MCM and um, what was the other one? It was MCM and, and, and 
Louis Vuitton, of course, and uh, stuff like that. He had a bunch of those, you know, outfits and sweatsuits. He had the two-tone jeans. I don't know if you know about that. I might be dating myself. Yeah, I know, yeah I know a little bit about that. He had the pants with the suede on them and the sweaters with the leather patches. And, you know, he had, like, all of that. Sheepskin coats and bombers. And, you know, he had all of that. I have none of that. Like, you know... My gear was like basic, you know, some Levi's and a, you know, little sweater. I wasn't a bum or anything, but you know, I, I ain't had that extra. Right. And he had the Audi Five Thousand. A man, seventeen years old, with an Audi Five Thousand, with the with the leather and power and, come on, man, he came back to the projects with that, and was just walking around the projects for a minute, like he was Nino Brown. <laughs> and he just fell right into that. But what saved him is he went to the military mm. and got away from it for a minute. But then he came back and, you know, things happened. He just took his course. And, um, you know, but he's good now. He's good now. I'm good now. But seeing those, um, being in that different environment is what um, led me to always know and believe that there was something better for me, man. I had to get up out of there. Yeah, that's that's dope. Like, it's definitely dope too. How like you, how you painting these pictures for me? Because like these conversations that we never had. So not only are my listeners getting the insight, I'm getting the insight as well. Um, my second right. question was um. Actually, I think we should. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that later because that's more so like the now. It affected now, but um, what was your relationship like with your parents and your siblings? Like, if you could break down each individual or just say how like the like the household was in general. Yo, um, I had a good relationship, pretty much. You know, a normal relationship with my with my siblings. Of course, you know, there's always sibling rivalry, always fights and all of that. You know, but you know, we 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 was a tight knit family, man. I mean, growing up in my hood, you know, you had to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we would, we would, we would, um, and I was just talking to my mom the other day about this and, and I was getting on her, well, not her, I was getting on my older sister who, um, she used to always talk junk and I used to be like, yo, she ain't never had a fight in her life, but could talk junk. Like she was just nice with her hands. <laughs> and, and, and I, and we, we was laughing at it. And it was an instance when we were growing up where <clears throat> she must've been talking junk to some dude. And he chased her home. And my mom came out the house and told the dude if he, if, cause he was about to like kick my sister or do something. Mm. And she was like, if you put that foot down on my daughter, you're going to lose that leg. I'm going to blow it off. Mm. And, uh, dude pretty much back, she like back dude down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it was instances like that that, you know, we had to deal with. But we were a tight knit family. I had, my, I was one of the few kids that had, um, there was a few of us that had to fight our fathers in the house, but um, that was something that, that uh, a lot of kids didn't have. And, you know, the neighborhood knew my pops. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood knew my pops. Like, everybody, all my friends love my pops, man. My girlfriends love my pops. Like, my pops was that dude that, you know, he showed everybody love, man. He would, like, you know, when we do barbecues, for the fourth for Memorial Day or anything like that, 
Like, you know, we would have hot dogs and hamburgers for, like, everybody in the neighborhood. Like, when 4th of July used to be going down, he would have all the fireworks. You know, he would he would be that dude. Everybody would gravitate to my house. And um he was the he was the first um well of course he was but he he put me on to a lot of things and how to you know navigate through life as a man, how to carry myself. Um I remember this I remember so many things and so many jewels he used to drop to me and I drop them to my son as much as I can because they are so ingrained in me. Like, you know, he did the one thing that I always remember him telling me is never pay somebody to do something that you can do yourself. Hmm. And um, I always live by that. You know, I always live by that. And uh, and um, so he he uh, one day, right? I'm a little youngster, you know. Get up in the morning on Saturdays, pull my bike out, jump on it, ride, and go get my friends and you know see what they're doing. I was, you know, one of those dudes come to everybody's house and be like, yo, you know, what y'all doing? So one day my father was like, hold up, slow up. Slow up. And I was like, what's up? He was like, every every time I, you know, you, you, you get up and you run out here and go chasing your friends and blah, blah, blah. He was like, just relax. Relax. He was like, I want, I want to show you something. He said, just relax. Don't go nowhere. And see who come get you. Hmm. And whoever come check check on you, those are your real boys. Because usually you the one that's going out there getting everybody. So let's see what happens when you don't do that. Who gonna come get you? So I was like, all right. So I'm chilling. You know, a few minutes go by. I say, you know, a couple of my boys come to the house like, yo, is Mark home? My pops was like, those are your boys right there, your friends outside. And I was like, wow. Okay. You know, it was just little things like that to just, you know, because we we, we move so blindly. You know, we, we mess with people and we think they're our friend. But it could be really a one-way street. You're their friend. I mean, you say that you're their friend, but are they your friend? Yeah. Is it a two-way street? You know what I'm saying? So some people just fool with you because you're the guy with the candy. You're the guy with the girls. Or you're the guy with you know that could do something for them. You're the guy with the car. You know, who going to fool with you when you don't have those things that, that you know, can't benefit them? So... You know, that, that gave me some insight on who I choose to hang out with. Yeah, that's dope. So now that you, you, you know, you brought up your pops and you, you said like, hey, our relationship, he dropped a lot of gems and he was, you know what I'm saying, like heavy on, on, on putting you on game. What other male figures did you have in your life that was like, that you could say were like kind of like mentors to you, like outside of the house. Man. Oh man. I don't. Really, I don't really. I can't even really recall. 
Like I used to um I used to watch a lot of people. I used to pay attention to things and just, you know just just peep I used to peep people's moves and, and, and how they navigate and I really didn't have no real official person that I would go to. Mm-hmm. Like I as I man, dang. I had you know, I had my partners, my boys, but I really have no no older head to really, you know, bounce stuff off of. I had my older brother, but me and him, you know, he used to be he's doing whatever he was doing and I already knew what his, you know, his mind state was. So I ain't really have like nobody I ain't have nobody who really I could see who I wanted to be like. Cause everybody around me was wanting to be you know the man where we were where we were at and come on man how far that's gonna get you i was i was good with that i didn't need to be that i I mean i could do that but i wanted i wanted more than that you know i i know as much about this as you do so it ain't really nothing you could tell me about all of that you know my pops put me on game with all, all of that i needed somebody to be a mentor to take me to that next level and I don't think I got that until um, I got to college, and I um, I uh, joined Alpha Phi Alpha. That's oh. when I really had some older brothers that really could give me that insight I needed to take my game and my mind to the next level and to push that. You know, right? To just like water those seeds, to just you know nourish those thoughts and and help me grow. You know, to nurture to nurture me to to you know help me stay on that path and to keep me hungry to, to inspire to be better. So that's when I really got some you know some official mentorship from the brothers that at the chapter, Reverend Tolliver, you know, older heads, Doctor Marat. You know, all of those um, older African-American professors that, you know, used to just drop gems on us now. And that's when I really got, you know, some mentorship through the brotherhood. Other than that, man, I was just, you know, moving on my own. So it seemed like it seemed like in terms of wisdom, you were far ahead of the game. With, with with people your peers your age so like how was the adjustment for you going to college yet freshman year um I knew I wasn't going back to where I came from so I had to adjust quickly you know I had some very candid moments where you know it was I, I, I had to realize like this ain't this ain't the projects this ain't you know you can't just do what you want I remember when I had to write a, a a paper. Now, when I went to high school, it didn't prepare me for college. I went to a, a vocational high school, which teaches you a trade. You pick a trade and you go that route. So I was supposed to do, you know, be an electrician or something. But I wasn't going to be an electrician. I didn't want to, you know, be an electrician. Not that it's a bad thing. I just didn't, you know, feel like that was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, I go to college. 
I get on campus, I go to my classes, and um, and I'm, you know, I'm going through the motions, trying to figure, you know, trying to figure things out, you know, because I was good at, you know, figuring out what I needed to do on the on the run, like you know, like I just had to figure it out. It wasn't like I had a choice, so I just, you know, would figure it out. I would just take those bumps and bruises. And I would listen to people when they would correct me. And, um, you know, I had a situation where we had to write a, a, a paper. And I forget what the paper was about. But um, I do know that, you know, I just freestyled the paper. I just wrote the paper. Now, not saying that it was wrong or it was, you know, bad writing. It was just all of my thoughts were my thoughts. All of the points I was making was based on me and my experience. Mm. And although they may have been valid, my professor was like, so who were your references? Who, who did you, you know, what did you read? What, what did you research to come upon mm. these thoughts and this information? And I was like, me. <laughs> and she that kind of chuckled, Ms. De La Perrier, I remember. I'm sitting in her office, and she kind of chuckled. And I was like, what? She was like, um, you you, you got to have references. You got to have a bibliography identifying who did you get the information from, who did you refer to for this to make that point, blah, blah, blah. You can't just do, you know, a paper and just come out with your your own thoughts without backing them up with evidence. And that's something I was like, I was kind of pissed. I was like, yo, how you going to tell me I can't have my own thoughts? How are you going to tell me that I can't, you know, have a voice just because I haven't written a book? I, you know, I don't, my points are invalid. Right. I got to find somebody who agree with me that's been validated and use, use their inference, uh, their, their information as a reference when this is something that I already know for myself. So I, that was a, a, a change. That was a change that I had to make. And once I figured it out, like I said, I wasn't, you know, I didn't bump heads with her. I just figured out like, oh, okay. Well, that's what I'll do then. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't know. I thought I, I thought you wanted to hear what I had to say. <laughs> right. And she was like, I do, but I want you to be able to find um, evidence to substantiate your arguments because... That's how it works in this arena. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. By the end of that um, class, I had written, and uh, we had like a portfolio of our writings. And into this class, she called me to her office and she was like, you know, you've made a lot of progress. You you, you know, you, you were very, you know, you were like a sponge. You just took on to all of the advice I gave you, 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 you're writing, your writing, um, improve extremely. And I just wanted to ask you if I could use your portfolio as an exemplar for the class next, next semester. And I was like, yeah, fine with me. Cool. Yeah. So I went from not understanding the dynamics of writing papers and researching, doing things like that to write papers to, my work being used as an exemplar for other students. 
So that I was like, you know, that's some of the things, you know, I, I had to adjust, man. And I, like I said, I was not going back to Buffalo. Right. Like it was, I, I was not going back. If I would have went back, it would have, it would have been bad. It wouldn't have been good. Definitely, you know, because even when I used to go back on the weekends, man, it used to be bad. It used to be bad, and I had to, and I had a a way out. I could escape. You know, I can go to Buffalo for a couple of days and then come back to Brockport and didn't have to worry about nothing. Mm. So what what did you do during the, 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 the summer breaks? Um, I only stayed home one summer. That was my freshman year. I stayed home. And I didn't stay that long because I was... um. Playing, I wanted. I played football. I played for the uh, Brockport football team. Okay. So I I didn't stay long. So I went back for football. So I didn't. You know, I didn't have a chance to get all caught up. But you know, it used to be. It used to be situations where I, you know, still was. I didn't change the people I hung with when in Buffalo. Right. And they still were who they were. And looking back, man, I, I laugh with some of my friends. Like, yo, we used to be, like, in, in like, the Lions then. Like, for real. Just hanging out. And didn't even know, like, the danger that we was putting ourselves in. Anything could have happened, man. Right. So, but, um, did... Did your experience, because, you know, you went to college and, like you said, you know, at first you wanted to be, uh, you wanted to do a trade. Was there something that shifted where you was like, all right, I want to use some of my life lessons and experiences to change or affect the lives of other students that may have similar backgrounds? Say that again. Did you, so, like, when when did the... Because you said, like, you know what I'm saying, you, earlier in the episode that, um, you're doing work in the RCSD, uh, Rochester City School District. Uh-huh. So, like, when did you find, like, when did you decide that, like, instead of doing a trade, I want to do something that may have an effect or... Yeah, that may have an effect on kids' lives who live in another inner city. Um, all right. I got So, I knew I didn't want to do a trade straight out of high school. And I knew I wanted to go to college. I didn't know what for, but I knew I wanted to go. And when I got there, I was like, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to just try and go all the way. And, you know, I, I thought about being, in, I wanted to be a dentist. When it's time for us to, you know, choose our majors, because we have to go through so many prerequisites being an EOP that, you know, you, you, you're you figuring out your major um, pretty much your junior year, like the start of your junior year or early sophomore year or, you know, halfway through your sophomore year, basically. And um, I, uh, I, well, I started out with criminal justice, didn't like that. Then I went to political science, didn't like that. And then um, I was like, you know, I think I'm a, I want to be a dentist. 
So I went to go register for my classes for dentists and all the classes that I had to take was early in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, man, I ain't getting up early. So this is the mind of a young man thinking like, what are you going to do with the rest of his life? And it's, it's just Ooh. life decision is based on not wanting to get up early for class. So, you know, that that's what uh, deterred me from being a dentist because the classes were too early in the morning. And I laughed at that now. Like I tell my students all the time, I said, I wanted to be a dentist. And, you know, but ironically, I still feel like I'm pulling teeth trying to get y'all to do this work, you know. So that that that's funny that um, I made that decision based on the time of the class. But I remember when I made the decision to uh, teach, um, I was a mentor for kids. I was a part of the Leadership Development Institution, and I was a part of SCANS. Um, these are acronyms for different programs that used to recruit and mentor students from um, the New York or this region. Um, and kids used to come in and I, you know, I used to be one of the mentors I used to take them around on a tour. They used to shadow me in classes and things like that. Uh, I was doing work with students at, uh, Wilson where I had, um, that's through the leadership development institute. And we used to talk and all of that. And, you know, they used to be like, man, I wish I had a teacher like you, blase blah, you know, and that was just, you know, planting seeds of thoughts. But I remember when I really had to start. Um, taking classes towards my degree and what I wanted to uh, graduate with and major in. And I was walking down campus and I was like, Dad, what do I really want to do? All I really did was go to school all my life. And, you know, I got used to the schedule of not having to do anything on weekends or not having to do anything um, on holidays or summers. And I was like, what job can I find that I can still have that same schedule? And I'm thinking, I'm like, ah, teaching. If I become a teacher, I have the same schedule. Mm. And then I had an older, um, one of my frat brothers, the older brother, Arthur Jordan, he taught in the city school district. And, you know, he put me on to the uh, TOC program, which is Teacher Opportunity Course in uh, Brockport. I went to the office, told them I was interested in becoming a teacher. So they put me on a track to um, becoming a teacher and gave me the necessary classes and, you know, and I just went on that track. And um, I still was mentoring kids and, you know, felt like I was mentoring my peers also. Mm -hmm. But um, it was just second nature for me pretty much because that's, you know, that's been me all of my life just trying to put people on and you know, talk to people and, you know, pick their brain and try to, you know, learn something or teach something. So it was just, you know, it, it felt natural. And um, when I had my uh, internship, my student teaching um, assignment, I was at Douglas. And, man, the te my teacher, who was supposed to be my um lead teacher she got called on an administrative assignment and was pulled out of her classroom so i had to take over her class entirely mm. without you know her which was good because it allowed me to develop my own style without like 
usually when you get a mentor and they teaching you, they teach you how to do it their way. Mm-hmm. And that could be staggering sometimes because you, you're doing something that may not be your natural way of doing it and most effective for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, no, you know, you know, no uh, discredit to her, but I don't think she could have taught me how to teach children, you know, the way I do it. I don't think she could have did that. And I don't think she would have understood the way I teach. You know what I'm saying? Because me being one of those kids and like, I know how I feel when adults say things to you out of love and out of anger. And I can, you know, you can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. You can feel the difference when somebody's saying something to you and you, you know, they, you know, they, they got that despicable tone or you can feel when somebody's saying something to you and they got that tone of caring and nurturing, like, they could say the same exact thing, but it's just the tone and how 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 it's coming off. So you you feel it a different way. You know what I mean? So um, I couldn't. What I do, I couldn't have been taught. I you know, I'm not to take anything away from her, but I was left alone in that classroom. And I had to figure it out on my own. So my main thing was to get to know the kids. Right. And have them get to know me to build those relationships. That was very important because I was just a young dude, you know, trying to give them some some information. And I wanted to be able to have them understand that I not only want to want you to get this information, but I want you to know that I care about you and whatever I'm saying for you to do is not a knock against what you're doing, but it's something to help you and be better because whatever I'm saying, if you don't agree with it, do know that it's coming from a place of love. So that's, that's what I wanted um, students to understand with me. And I always wanted to build a relationship with my students first. I don't, you know, just come in there just to, you know, have them listen to me and, and regurgitate whatever I say. Nope. That's not how it works. It's a two-way street. I'm not the teacher in the fishbowl. You're not going to sit up here and just watch me. And I'm just talking at y'all. That's not going to happen. We're going to have some dialogue in here. And no, there's no wrong answer if you can substantiate why you're saying what you're saying. So, you know, and I just, you know, just try to have a welcoming environment. And also, you know, an environment of community where kids know that, I'm not just your teacher, you know, I'm somebody in your life that care about you. Yeah, that's dope. I never, I never had an experience like that until I got to college, like, and it took me going to an HBCU to even receive that. Like, I, I never even yep. had, they never, I never went to a school that even had a black male teacher. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Shoot, the, the last... My the the I graduated from Greece Athena. I, I can't even recall any black teachers or black staff. The only black staff we had was the 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 security guards. Then I had that that one year at McQuaid. That's already all white school students and teachers, so that's already off. 
Then I had uh, 58. And 58 is predominantly black school, but they only black teachers they had was all women. And they was like elementary teachers, which is not bad, actually. I think it, like kids, should, especially like city kids, um, we should experience that earlier. Uh, earlier on, but yeah, that's 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 definitely dope. Like those kids I got you as a, as a teacher, they're blessed. Um, cause I can go a long way, and then like from what I hear, like your, your teaching style, I'm pretty sure that's more effective than any teaching style we got at any school, private, public, or charter. Like, cause really, like the whole that whole, I've been reading this book, man. I've been putting me on to a lot of stuff, but like, just thinking about things in hindsight, like the whole system that we have for us to be in, in class for however many hours and go to however many classes for however many days just to get a bunch of information that we won't have to apply or to get a bunch of information that we just supposed to have the memory instead of having like classes where we actually are taught to use our heads and taught to interact with people and network and stuff like that like that's dope mm-hmm. right because you know Man, information, especially in history, it, it it's all about perspective. And that's what I try to teach kids to think critically and about perspective. And I don't, you know, just to put it simply, you know, the story of Christopher Columbus discovering America and bringing a new world, you know, a better way of living, civilizing the savages. Mm-hmm. That's from the Europeans' perspective. What did those Native Americans think about what was happening to them? What if you read some information from the Native Americans? Let's read the Native American um, information. Let's read some letters, some 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 perspective from the Native Americans that were already here and how they viewed what was happening to them. Did they feel like that they was being civilized? That they need? to be changed? Did they want change? Did they welcome this stuff with open arms? Did they agree with it? Like, what was their perspective? So we, I, I try to, you know, show them the different dynamics of how history is taught mostly, but you have to keep perspective in mind. Like, who, who wrote this? Where did this come from? Like, who is saying this? Who, Who is the audience that this person is speaking to and speaking for so you have to take that into account you just can't take it as you know this is fact this is law because they said so right you know so it's a, it's a lot of different things that you got to take into account when you get your history and i like to you know give my students that opportunity to think about things in a different way, not just say, okay, well, Christopher Columbus discovered America in 1492, blah, blah, blah. And that's that. No, man, it was, it's deeper than that. Let's take it a little deeper. Right. Let's think about this. Yeah, that was, that was a part of the motivation behind starting this podcast is to have the opportunity to, to, to teach my, my peers, some of the youth that's younger than me, even some of the adults, um, and to try to encourage them to, to think different, you know what I'm saying? Think for themselves and do research on their own and go deeper than what's, what's taught and what's being given to us. Um, but to shift gears a little bit, what what brought you, what motivated you to to join, to, to pledge Alpha Phi Alpha? What even like introduced you to FRAT? Like how did that 
miracle come about? Yeah, it's so crazy that all of these questions you're asking me, I, it takes me back to the exact moments, those exact moments. Like, I remember all of those moments, and it's it's great that um, you're, you're asking questions that I can really reflect on to the exact moments. That's great. Um, I remember walking down campus. It was myself and um, three other brothers. Now, the, they were talking about smokers and smokers. I seen flyers about smokers. I ain't know nothing about that stuff. It, it was all foreign to me. Like I said, I was a first um, generation graduate. Um, so I didn't know anything about none of that. I, you know, I didn't know what they were talking about. So they were talking about the alpha smoker and we got to go to the alpha smoker. Blase blah. They had an experience with a brother in, um, I want to say Albany where they were doing some upward bound college trip or whatever. And they were, they, uh, had a mentor or, you know, a big brother that they shadowed and stayed with and he happened to be an alpha. So that turned them on to alpha. That gave them some insight on what alpha was. And so they were excited. They were like, yo, I'm going to be an alpha, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, what is y'all talking about? And they were like, you know, this is that and the other. They were the black and gold. They, this, they, they, they couldn't really tell me anything substantial about it. They just could tell me that, you know, dude was cool and they was on campus and everybody knew them and blah, blah, blah. And they had the black and gold and they used to wear it. They all used to, you know, it sounded like a gang to me. I was like, that's, that sounds like a gang, bro. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm not, I ain't come to college to join no gang, man. So they was like, no, no, man, you gotta go to the smoker. You just gotta go to the smoker. So I end up, um, going with them to the smoker and once I got to the smoker man the knowledge that them brothers started dropping about the fraternity and the brotherhood and their commitment to community and you know helping our people and you know the, the networking and all that oh man listen and the, and the history behind it and those prominent figures that were um that are a part of the fraternity i was like like blown away i was totally totally blown away and um so i i um i just was like man this is crazy you know i i had no idea and you know they talked about how you know you could be anywhere in the world practically and if you know you see another brother like that's your brother like literally that's your brother and i was like that's amazing that's that you know i want to be a part of something like that you know so i got more interested you know and um unfortunately um only two of us actually made the line that that year um it was supposed to be all four of us that 
at that time, but only two of us. Matter of fact, I think it was a couple of other brothers that was at the smoker, but the, the three three other guys that I was with, only two of us. So how has that played a role in your life? Um, and if it has, how has that played a role in your kid's life as well? Um, it's played a big role in my life, man. It, it showed me how um, perseverance is everything, man. Um, being able to stick to something through thick and thin, being able to accomplish things that you never thought you could as long as you had the belief that you 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 um, were capable. Um, you may doubt yourself, but when in doubt, you know, you still keep pushing. Um, it inspired me to be more organized. You know, the time management is paramount. Um, it... um gave me some direction and, and, you know, what I wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to uh, move forward with my life. It, it just polished me as a, as a human being and as a man. It uh, showed me how to hold myself accountable and be responsible. Um, it gave me um, an idea of my um, responsibility to my community. Um, it, it, it so much, man. I mean, it just... It polished me as a person and as a man and as a better human being. You know, it gave me a, a, a better outlook on life and what my purpose is in life. You know, it, it just made me a better human being. It made me a better man. It didn't make me who I am because I, I'm, I am who I am regardless at the core of me. But it just polished, you know, those rough spots. Right. Yeah, that's, that's dope. One thing I've noticed in a lot of these more interviews that I've been doing, uh, it's crazy how these podcast episodes turn more than interviews, but um, what I've noticed that's universal is all, everybody, all the alphas that I've spoken to have all had like qualities or things about them that like aligned with the frat so it was like all all of y'all are already leaders all of y'all are already just good good individuals I'm not saying like other frats not good good individuals let me word this right um <laughs> like I don't know it's just something about like everybody who I've spoken to that's like it's something about all of y'all that's like the same you know I'm saying like mutual um leaders always giving back, always just, you know what I'm saying, just real solid dudes, and it's been dope to um, dig into your past and, and see, like, what life was like before I was around, before I met y'all. Um, I don't that's, know, man, it's been you know, that's, that's not to cut you off, but that's by design, bro. That's what we look for. We, you know, and, you know, a lot of, it can't just anybody be an alpha, you know, you 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 have the opportunity, but if you don't have a certain mindset and and just that innate feeling inside, you just if there's a certain individual that that will be, become an alpha. Not everybody who who start this process finish it, mm-hmm. because you have to be a certain type of individual to understand what this is all about. And if you're not committed to that wholeheartedly, it's going to show. 
it's gonna come out in the rinse, man. So it that is by design. That that's why we we have the process. That's why it's not just you know sign your name, pay your money, and you're a brother. There's a there's a process that that you know you go through to to pretty much wean out those who aren't. And I don't want to say it like, you know, we're better than anybody, but um, we're different. Yeah, definitely. You know, and to just wean out the bros that don't fit the bill, like, you know, it's just, you're just not the type of brother we're looking for. Not to say that you're not a good dude, but you just don't fit, you know, you're just not a good fit for this organization, you know, so... I mean, we're men of distinction, for real, like, and I'm not trying to be arrogant or cocky, but, you know, we have a very, just like you said, we have a very distinct, it's very distinct characteristics characteristics of an alpha, and that's what you're seeing when you, when you speak to the bros, you're, you're seeing those similarities, even though we may have different stories and come from different paths, you can still see those same underlying themes in in the brothers and who they are. Right. So that that's that's by design, man. That's definitely by design because everybody can't be an alpha, man. Everybody not born to be an alpha. That's why they have other organizations, you know, for for other types of individuals. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, I don't I don't have any more questions um, and we 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 creeped a little over an hour, so I was. Oh, that's all good, man. Saying, yeah, yeah, great, great, great conversation, great dialogue. Um, did you have any questions for me before we wrap it up? Yeah, I do. How was your transition from going to predominantly um, white institution to a to a HBCU? Um, for me, I can't say, I, I can't say it was a culture shock because I, like for majority of my schooling experience, I was at, um, 58, which for the listeners, that's a city school here. That's predominantly mm-hmm. black. Um, and yeah, it was more so of me, like it was something I really, really wanted um, it was something that like eventually like it crossed my mind when I went on those college trips with James and um, I was like yeah I like it but it was something that became a necessity once I transferred schools my sophomore year like yo I don't have any black faculty here not too many people here that I could relate to and like the black kids in Greece is just a different they a different breed man like they they weird, like, like disrespectful. Like, I don't. It's it's weird, like, cause it's like, you got kids that grew up in a suburb that's not like one of the more up class like suburbs. So like, the black kids that's out there, they try to be something that they not because the kids out here don't know better, um, and because they have relatives and and, and people that they close to that may be in the city or from that ilk. They try to portray that image, and it's just—it's it, not really authentic. And you—you you know how that is. It just—it just rubbed the wrong way, and it, it's not a comfortable environment to be in. So, for me, it was just like I want to be around a bunch of my people that's 
true to themselves, who want to be successful, who are successful, who may not be in the best position now, but are fighting to be in a better position. I want to be around people like that. And, um, and yeah, like, so me having that mindset, adjusting to college socially was a breeze. It was more so like people were gravitating to me because of, I don't know, like it's a, it's a school in the South. So you got that aspect of it, you know, me being from the North and then just me being chill and me, me, me being true to who I am, like people gravitated towards me and then getting adjusted with the schoolwork. I had to find a place that I felt comfortable that was quiet enough and, and a good space for me to focus because I, man, I can't, I have a hard time focusing. Um, definitely it was worse when I was younger, but like, I just need a place where I could like get a, have a few hours to myself or a few hours that's quiet where I could get a bunch of work done and, and, and like hone in on what I'm trying to do. So mm -hmm. I mean, it was cool, but um, I had I had a lot, I had a, a real good supporting cast. Um, shout out Andrew, shout out Maya. I probably shouted them out a hundred times in this podcast because they definitely played a major role in my college experience and everybody else who was, you know what I'm saying, there with me, like the, the dudes I met in the gym that used to keep me hungry. When I went to the gym, the people in class who used to answer all the questions, like stuff like that, I get competitive about. So like when somebody in class answering all the questions and they seem smart, like I want to compete with them. Like I shouldn't be learning stuff when they answer questions. I should be the one answering the questions or having the answers and not be surprised when somebody else have it. Like I should be in a better position. So um, definitely adjusted smooth. And it was fun. I love the whole experience. College, I love college. I love the HBCU experiences like no other. That's what's up. Uh, one more question. Because, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're, I, I make time when things is, is is valuable to me. So don't feel, you know, like you, you're taking too much of my time. And I hope I'm not taking too much of yours. Oh, no, um, I got plenty of time, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both we in the same boat. I got work to do, but I got all day and night to do it. Yeah. But um, and like I said, I we we don't get a chance to have these conversations. This is like really the first time we've really got a chance to really chop it up. Um, but when um uh, my son was like, "Yeah, Dad, little Brock wanna um holler at you. He wanted your numbers." Uh, blah, blah, and I was. Like it took me back for a minute. I was like, "How you, how you get little Brock number? Like, how you know little Brock?" He was like, "I've been to him for a while. I mean, I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, I he's like, I think it was probably from the the trips or whatever, something like that." And I was like, "Oh, that's dope. I I didn't even know y'all still kept in contact like that. You know what I mean?" So that was a proud moment for me to see that. Our offspring are making those connections with each other, man. That's a beautiful thing, man. I, I, that that you know, that was like a proud moment for me, man. I feel good about that. Yeah. And you you know, for you to say he's one of your mentors, like that's that's cool, man. That's that's what's up, man. You better be telling you the right things too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, <laughs> so like, so like the way so, uh, the way everything happens so. Um, I knew, I knew Lil Mark from somewhere, like, we probably ran cross paths a few times, because we had a lot of mutual friends that I didn't even know 
he was cool with because I didn't even know he went to Gates. I like you know I didn't know too much. Um. Um. Yeah, it was a college trip. I remember the college trip like it was yesterday. We was at the train station or whatever. It was me, him, Lil James, and you know they 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 already tight knit, so they laughing or whatever. I'm like, yo, these niggas they 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 like they wild chill. So, you know me and me and Lil James already had a, a relationship. So, I'm like, yo, like what's up? And I, he introduced us. I'm like, yo, you look mad familiar. He was like, yo, I, I, I could say the same thing like that. So I'm like, yeah, like, um, like what's up? And that was that. And the whole trip, like we had a blast the whole trip. And um, it was just some things. It was some things that Mark was was showing about himself that I gravitated towards. That I was like, "Yo, that's that's somebody that I could like look up to." Not in a way that's like he like it. It wasn't like materialistic things. It wasn't like oh, he's you know. What I'm saying? It was just like something about him. I'm like, "Yo, like this dude. He, he's 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 true to himself. He's he's cool." Clearly, he's smart. He's funny. Like, I'm like, yo, this dude, like, he's just a good dude. So, uh, let me just stay in contact. Let me just see where things go. And, um, and yeah, like, some, some time had passed. Like, a long time had passed. And then, like, I like I had him on social media. I see something, and I, I like, you know what I'm saying? Use that as my way of, like, staying in touch. Like, every here, every now and then, I'd be like, yo, like, what's up? What's going on? That I reached out to him. And then... When it really, when I really started to like, really try to see where he was at, was when I was going to college. So when I found out I got accepted to A and T, he was the first person I called. I'm like, yo, I see you. You go to Morgan, man. Like, give me the rundown. Of like, what to expect? HBCU life. Like, what's what in college? It's like, yo, can you can you give me some sort of advice, some sort of like guidance? Cause I was shook. Like, I'm like, yo, you know, my dad been talking about college and all the like. My uncles and all have been telling me about college, but like now it's about to be a real deal. So let me ask somebody who's currently in college. And like he looked out and just I don't know from there I've been like, yo, let me let me stay in tune with what he got going on because it seemed like he flourishing at his college and I just I really like the path that I, I feel like he was going on. So I'm like, yo, like any, every time I, I want to reach out to him about something with college or just something just in general, I just reach out like, yo, cuzo, what's up? Like. <laughs> What you think about this or what what's going on with this or yo, I haven't gone through this. What was this experience like for you? What is this? Et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and we kind of been building off that. And like if ever like uh, if ever I need anything, I'll go to him. If ever he need anything, he can come to me. Like it, it always just been like that. It's respect. Um and yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's good stuff, man. That 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 is definitely Something that um, we we would love we love when that happens when our siblings get a chance to build off each other and use each other as vessels, man. Use each other as inspiration. Yeah. You know, we we gotta build with each other, man. We gotta have those support systems, man. Right. And, and that's th- good that that's good that he can do that. And one thing too, and this is for the listeners. Um. I talk a lot about like you know mentors and finding mentors and stuff like that for my listeners, but like, what was unique about Mark was like, I I saw a lot of things that I could relate to, like a lot of similar qualities, um, and like with him, he's like, you know, I'm not trying to like do too go all crazy, but like yeah, like Mark is fly, you know what I mean? You know how that is, like he popular and all that. I'm like yo, like, 
with all this attention he got and all these people that's trying to, you know, reach out to him and tap in, I realized, like, one thing I noticed that stood out was, like, yo, he don't even, he don't even, like, really knock it too crazy. Like, he ain't cocky. He ain't looking for attention. It's just, like, yo, people just naturally gravitate towards him. So I'm, like, I could definitely relate to that. So that's somebody in, in like, similar shoes that I could be, like, yo, if I specifically wanted some advice on how to move in certain environments with certain people or do certain things, I knew he would be the right person. So I'm like, yeah, that's, it was just, it, it's meant. You know what I'm saying? It, it's beyond, it's, it's more than a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like with me, I'm more on the spiritual side. So I'm like, yo, that's only God's work, you know? Right, right. That's good, man. That's good. It's good to hear uh, people talk about your your offspring and, um, you know, as as a parent, you know, it, it's nothing better than to know that your offspring got their head on straight and you're doing the right things and, and making the right decisions and able to help others. You know, that's the most important thing, man. It's just I'm 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 very proud of all of my kids, but um, just because we're talking about Mark at the moment, um, he like you know. He has made me very proud, man. Yeah. Like, he's he's went, yo. I mean, it. Like you know, um, we've been at Gates. We've been we've been a Gates family. Like, all all three of my kids, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they know us out there. So we go to everything because my kids were involved with everything from sports to, um theater to the music to everything so we'll be at all the events we'll be you know at all the awards and banquets the scholarly you know programs or whatever and um there were moments where my wife would be like yo why mark mark should have got that mark should have you know blah blah and i was like you know it it is what it is he'll he'll get his due when this time come Mm -hmm. so his senior year Everything we went to, mm-hmm. he got recognized. He got an award. He won all of these scholarships. He won, like, every, yo, dude won everything. Like, everything we went to, he, like, cleared the shelf. Like, he, he just swept everything. He has so many awards, and I looked at my wife. I was like, "You happy now? Like they finally acknowledge your son?" And mm-hmm. he, she was like, "Yeah, about time." Blah blah blah. I guess they was waiting to the end to really, you know, show their acknowledgement. I was like, "Hey, no, no better time than now." And he met like he has so many different um, awards and acknowledgements, and like they they created an award for the first time and he was the first recipient of it um and and I was like dang man they creating stuff for dude like <laughs> yeah that's dope so it was crazy and he it, he just came out of nowhere with it because um Mark was low man he was always low and you never knew you know if he was really getting it because mm-hmm. he, he don't show really no emotion Right, that's and that's that's where I could relate. It's like, yo, he don't even, even with it's, it's a lot of people I know that got their eyes on him. So it's like, 
even with all that attention, he ain't even out here trying to be all loud with it. He ain't trying to flex. He ain't, he's just humble. Nope. He's just him. Yep. And my man, he took all of that in stride, you know? He took all of that in stride, and, and it really didn't move him like that. He just was focused. And yeah. he, he got accepted to the college he wanted to go to, so everything worked out in his favor, and he just, you know, he, he was blessed to be able to do what he dreamt he would, he wanted to do and continue his dream. And I'm I'm just, I can't say how proud I am of him, man. He's definitely becoming a great dude, man, and and uh, inspiration to others. And that's that's what you know. As a parent, that's what I want. You know, that's what I try to teach him. Everything that I give him, I want him to be able to to you know provide for others, man. Because it's not you know the buck don't stop at you. Right. You got to keep it going, man. Spread the knowledge and wisdom and understanding and, and inspire people man at all times and be humble when you do it man because i used to always tell him yo don't act like you all of that because you know in high school you go around talking about dudes and, and acting like you all of that that dude you used to talk about in high school may be running a fortune 500 company when y'all get out of college and he may end up your boss so don't don't think for one second because somebody at one station in their life, that's where they're going to be for the rest of their life because the tables could turn. And you get out of high school and that dude is running this business that's right in line to what you're doing and you got to go see him. Mm. He's going to remember that person you used to be, man. And is that what you want? You know, you don't treat nobody different, man, just because everybody else may be trying to down somebody. That's Let them do that. You be the dude who go sit next to him. You be the dude who befriend him. You be the dude who get to know him and, and just be regular, man. Yeah, At the end of the day, we all the same people, man. No matter if you got the Jordans or if you got the Walmart sneakers, man. You still the same person, man. Yeah. Yeah, you see, he took heat. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Now, you know, my, my other son, a different story. Not to say that he, that he you know, he just different, man. My other son different. Yeah. <laughs> he different. He his own dude. He just different. <laughs> but, you know, hey, he's still a good dude, too, though. But he just different. He, he moved differently than Mark. He a little louder than Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He goofy. Yeah. That dude right there. <laughs> he's different. Ow, that dude. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, my man, you really need to stop sometimes. But, you know, that's 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 his that's his personality. That's him, man. Mm-hmm. It's been, it, it works for him, I guess, so hey. Yeah, he, he gonna be alright too though, man, cause then Yeah, he he gonna be alright. Yeah, he'd be alright. Yeah. He'd be alright. <laughs> he just, you know, he's always been a little just different dude, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and that that's a good thing. He got his own mind. He got his own way. Once he figure it out, that's going to be a real strong characteristic that's going to help him in a lot. Yeah. Once he figure it out, though, you know. Yeah, definitely. But he, he, he got some time. He'll be all right. He, he's going to Brockport. 
got accepted to Brockport, so he'll still be around close enough for us to keep a thumb on him so mm. he don't get out too out of hand. Yeah, that's what's up. Tell him, tell him, tell him you got to come visit me in Carolina. He'll definitely do that, too. Yeah. He'll definitely do that. Word. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I'm, I'm proud of your brothers, man. Y'all, y'all doing your thing, man. Just continue to do it. What you majoring in, in um, A&T, if I'm, if I'm the axe? I'm a... Uh... My major is business management with a focus on entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. And that's uh, it's been dope. And um, I encourage man everybody who listening to like if um, if you ever are still in question late in your college experience or as to what you want to do, definitely definitely look to do something. On, in the business world that relates to you just as like a backup stream of income and whatever you do. Just something like, you know, like some consultant work if you could do that or just, I don't know, something in business, just be equipped with some sort of business mindset because there's always money out there you could grab being involved in something like that. But um, we could chop it a little, we could chop it up more off air. I got to wrap the episode up. Um, okay. Y'all hit me up on Instagram if y'all got any questions, comments, concerns, and we're going to do a part two of this episode too because we got more I want to talk about. Um, I right. try to fit Anytime. the time frame. Um, this is another episode of Best of Both Worlds. Like I said, hit me back, hit me up on Instagram at ibrock88. Um, thank y'all for tuning in.